Hello, and welcome to the Music Teacher Coffee Talk podcast. I'm Tanya. And I'm Carrie. We are both elementary music teachers who love to talk shop, preferably over a steaming cup of coffee or hot chocolate. Or hot chocolate. This is episode number 29. Today we are talking about creating traditions in your school community. And we'll also share some highs and lows from our week, a work smarter, not harder teacher tip. And in our CODA section, we'll give some specific recommendations of our favorite things in and out of the music room. So grab your beverage of choice and let's get started. And now it's time for some high notes and low notes yeah. from our teaching week. Uh-huh. Tanya's going to go first. Okay. <laughs> um, I've got a general low. Actually, it's, well, okay. Have you ever felt like you're losing your mind? <laughs> Often. Okay. Um, yeah, so I keep losing things, and every time I lose something, I, I, it just it just is it has been a lot of losing things. Okay, so yeah. on Instagram earlier last week, I talked about how I lost my wolf puppet. And so when we were playing, we were dancing in the forest. That didn't go so well because, well, no, actually it went fine. Oh, my goodness. Things, chimes are going off and everything. No, the weird dancing with the, in the forest went fine, and I used a pig instead of a wolf because uh-huh. I couldn't find my wolf, right? Yeah. I looked all over the music room, couldn't find the wolf, whatever. And um, then... Did they change the words? No. Oh, okay. No. I, that'd be kind of cute. They, they they attempted to, and I was like, no, just... And then they forgot, oh, which right. is great. Right. Anyway, whatever. I don't care if Pretend. they sing while the pig is far away, yeah. while the wolf is far away. Sure. Yeah. That was fine. No big deal. But, you know, it's a really nice wolf. That's a substantial puppet. You yeah. don't want to like, lose that forever. Right. Yeah. So, couldn't find it in the music room. I was um, also looking for my Christmas foam. I've got these shapes. I put the rhythms on it. Um, you can see on Instagram, I, I did a little a little video bit about um, how I use them. Anyway, I use them every year. I've had them for several years. I couldn't find them. Also. Oh, my. Well, I was at home, and my husband had mentioned that there was a box of things in our back room that he put in the garage, and maybe it was there. So I went through no Christmas foam, but then while in the garage, I found another box of things, and there was the wolf. Oh, yeah, I don't get it. How did it end up there? I don't know what I did. <laughs> See, and here's the thing. I've been teaching at the same school for so long now yeah. that my years are kind of running together. Sure. So I was thinking, I know I've done this this year. Right. But maybe I haven't. But yeah. I have. Okay. Anyway. I. Interesting. I keep losing things, and then I find them. And then I did find my Christmas foam shapes okay. in the music room. But then I lost... I, I was going out for my crossing dog, crossing guard duty. I lost my gloves. Like, they had left them in the car. Anyway, every time I lose something, you know, it's very stressful and I look for it. And then I find something different. Oh. And then I lose something else. Oh. Well, the finding part's fun. Yeah, it is. Like but when it, you find 20 bucks in uh, your pocket. That doesn't happen. That never happens to me either. <laughs> Maybe a dollar. Maybe a dollar, yeah. Um... But no, it's just been really weird. And I asked my husband, I said, Am I know I mean I've been a little scattered. I'm having tech issues at school with the laptop and I had to like go through this whole thing and figure out why PDFs were doing this funky thing and opening as a web browser and I don't know what's going on. I asked my husband, Am I more scattered? Like he said, Yeah. 
Oh, well, thanks for being honest, honey. <laughs> he said he, he said he blamed my thyroid or lack of thyroid. So Let's blame it on that. Yeah, so I think that's it's time that I can get my blood work done and really find out if these meds are doing what they're supposed to do. Meanwhile, I'm just going to blame my thyroid because I've just been very scattered and not very organized and, like, not getting things ready enough like I think I'm ready for the next class to walk in and then they walk in and we're doing our thing and I glance at my lesson plan and I go oh yeah here's the part where I was going to show that video just get 30 seconds of this oh wow here's some really loud ads that are gonna oh, like hate wreak that. havoc with everything yes. and so I hate when those things happen and you're like oh I forgot to do this or I started recorders today yeah um I forgot to get out my recorder cleaning buckets uh oh and that's not good. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just been really scattered. Yeah, and kind you're of, just um, a little thrown off from the surgery. And I the guess. Being gone it's for been so a while. Long. I need to. Yeah. It's, it's been almost. It, it's been a solid two months actually. So, I need to get it together. But it's a good excuse in the meantime. I know. You can I, hold I, on to it a little longer. I'm, at least through the holidays. I'm gonna start writing like everything <laughs> down. Like, you know, making little reminders so my phone goes off all the time right. and says, "Get out the recorder cleaning yeah. things. Get out the." Cue up the video. Right. I couldn't survive without my phone reminders. Yeah. That's how I live. But. Yeah. So anyway, that is my general low that I'm I'm losing my mind. Okay. Yeah. Good uh, times. It's, it's the season, too, you know? <laughs> well, that, yeah, it doesn't There's help. the stress of the season. Sure. Yeah. And you? All right. Well, I'll, I'll balance it with a high note, I suppose. Yay. Um, so last week, my fifth graders went to see the Nutcracker. It's the, uh, here in Denver at the Colorado Ballet. Now, the, wait, you don't get to go. I, well, I didn't organize it. That, I mean, and that's actually part of the beauty of it. I'm not going to lie. Um, our, um, our, one of our interventionist literacy teachers, um, she, for some reason, she organizes this every year for our kids to go to the ballet. The sixth graders went to see Sleeping Beauty. Fifth graders got to go see Nutcracker, and then later in the spring they're doing Wizard of Oz, well, the why ballet. Don't, why don't they invite you? Well, if I asked, I probably could go, uh -huh. but I was okay with not going because then I would have to get a sub and the whole thing. I don't know. Whatever. It's fine. I mean, I've seen the Nutcracker plenty of times. I'm, well, yeah. I'm okay with it. But um, for the first time, she kind of finally, we talked about it and coordinated and said, and I said, well, who kind of prepares them for these performances? And she said, well, nobody has. We've always just gone. Ooh. And I'm like, oh, that's not good. No. So now that I've been at this school a few years, I kind of get that, okay, they're going to do this. And so I actually prepared them this year. And it was just one class where I just went through the story, um, showed them lots of videos on YouTube, talked a little bit about Tchaikovsky, and boom, off they went. Nice. Um, but the feedback, of course, that I got from the teachers, surprise, surprise, is that, wow, this year the kids were so much more engaged. Whoa. Because they, <laughs> they knew, the knew what was going on. I know. And I think, you know, everyone's always had the intention of doing that. But, you know, classroom teachers are busy. They don't necessarily yeah. have time for that. So, well, anyways. kudos to you. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and I, it was only one class period. I could have done more. And I am going to do a little bit more with them, you know, now that they're back from the Nutcracker as kind of follow-up activities. And I put a little thing on Instagram as well. It was in our stories, but it's in one of our story highlights. I think I put it under the one called Manipulatives. Oh. So if you missed it, you can go back and see it, where I created with the beach ball a little conversation. Yes. I call it the conversation ball. Yeah. I don't have a better idea for it, or a discussion ball, no, that's I guess. excellent. So each section of the beach ball has a different question, like, which part did you like the most? What did you enjoy watching? Um, there's one that says, ask me a question. 
question or mm -hmm. one that just says free comment. So each section is something different. So um, I only made it to one class so far, but I, I did that with them where I tossed the ball to a kid. They picked one of the colors where one of their thumbs were. So they mm -hmm. basically had two choices that they could do. Oh. And then they commented on you know, something appropriate. Cool. Most of them did comment on something appropriate. No, <laughs> so that's so cool. It, it just really helped guide our discussion. And so it wasn't just like this open-ended thing where they started going on and on and on and on. It just really focused it in. Mm -hmm. Everybody got a chance to speak. And I thought it went really well. Nice. It's time for our main theme, and today's topic is creating traditions in your school community. Yeah. Yeah. And building community. And building community. And building a musical community. Yes. And bringing out the musicality of your community. All of those All things. All those things. <laughs> so we have uh, kind of broken this down into like little things that you can do. Yeah. And then, like, bigger event-like things that you can do within your community. Sure. And, you know, traditions and community, they go together. Mm -hmm. And once you've done something and you're calling it a tradition, that really does build community, um, you know, among the people. Especially when you have, like, those students that have siblings. And they're like, oh, I remember when I was fourth grade. Yeah. And I got to go to the ballet. Right. Or I got to sing this special thing or, right. or whatever. So anyway, not to get ahead of ourselves. Well, but... and if you've been teaching for so long, <laughs> yeah. then you start to get children of children that you've had. Has yeah. that happened to you yet? Are you kidding me? Okay, you want to hear something crazy? <laughs> I'm sorry. Here's a little, little a side, 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 a, a side thing. Okay. All right. I had my, my personal children that I had. Yes. I had them later in life. All yes. right. Okay. I got married later in life. I had my children later in life. Well... This is kind of weird. Um, my daughter, who is in fourth grade, and mm -hmm. she's nine years old, she's in Girl Scouts. And her Girl Scout troop leader is married to one of my former students. Aha. Uh -huh. Yeah. So I'm getting, like, you know, emails about meetings and stuff. Um, you know, I didn't teach the mom, yeah. but, like, I taught her husband. Wow. He was a yeah. sixth grader when I started teaching at the school. Yeah. So, yes, indeed. Um, it happened to me at my last school before oh, I wow. left, and I was only there for, what, 15 years? And there was a kindergartner who came in who I had her mom. Oh, yeah. Now, granted, I mean, in that community, they tend to have their children maybe this a little bit yeah. younger. But, um, yeah, it does happen quicker yeah. than you realize. But, anyways... Side no, note. that's happened, <laughs> um, let's say it's happened like three or four times to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Where I'm teaching kids of, yeah. Yeah. So then if you've really built those communities, the students <laughs> right. come in and say, They're my like, mom says she remembers doing this with you. Right. I mean, I didn't get to that point specifically, but I can see where it would happen if you were at a school for a long time. Yes. Well, yeah. And I do have kids who are coming in and like, well, I'm using the recorder from my brother because he's now like in med school or whatever. <laughs> You're like, gross, by your own recorder. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh yeah, I remember him. Okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Hope mm -hmm. you watched it. Yeah, exactly. So All anyway, right. back Moving to on. our building blocks, uh, small building blocks, little things that you can do. And yeah. um, all of these things, you know, you can do any time of the year. But sure. uh, inviting parents or family members to play or sing, like, within the classroom, especially during music in our school month. Yeah. Um, I've had opportunities in the past where I can bring in parents um, 
I had one family and the dad was a piper. So he played bagpipes and he, and he plays all over Denver and he brought his pipes in and we, we gathered the whole grade level in the gym and he played for us and uh, it was just cool. awesome, fascinating. And, yeah. and especially for the student whose dad it is, the, wow, they're just like they over the that. moon. It's so fantastic. Um, and then the students get to see, oh yeah, hey, music happens, you know, not just in the music room, right. all over the place. Um, also, you can ask, invite parents, family members to play in a concert. Yeah. And it, that can be very, that can be as elaborate as you want to make it. So sure. whether it's that you have a choral concert and you have like a violin accompaniment, in addition to the piano accompaniment that happens, or um, I have asked uh, people who can play guitar. Yeah. I've put out the the call like, okay, we're going to be doing This Land is Your Land in the fourth grade concert. At the very end of the concert, if you would like to play, send me an email and I'll tell you, you know, what, what key we're in, what chords we're doing. We'll like run through it real quick the night of and then they just strum along. That's cool. And so that's a fun thing. This is not something I do personally, but at my kids' former elementary school that they were going to before we moved recently, they have a ukulele club after school uh-huh. and it was for kids and parents who uh-huh. wanted to learn how to play ukulele. That's And then when fun. they did their concerts, the parents and the kids were all strumming and jamming together. Yeah. It was really sweet. Um well you know Angie. Yes. Yes. Anyway, another... Hi, Angie. Hi, Angie. <laughs> if you're listening. Another um, Kodai teacher friend of ours. So Angie and I, one summer, we were going to a community dulcimer yeah. class. And so it was adults and kids. It was yeah. the same thing. And this music teacher who was running this class, she was just like, had so many dulcimer materials. And she was just like on fire to like share dulcimer. Yeah. And so we had this community singing and strumming and um, it was a lot of fun because I was playing right next to a 10 year old. Right, right. So there's all these little things to get them involved. Um, Oh, we were just talking about having alumni, uh, (laughs) alumni who are parents or alumni who who are, just out of elementary school, sure. but inviting them to sing on a special song during mm-hmm. a concert, especially during the holidays. Yeah. And you and I were talking about how we've both done winter fantasy to death. Yes. yes. And how it's, it's kind of starting to become like an alumni thing when I have siblings at a concert um, where we're singing winter fantasy, which let's just face it, it's like every Everybody choir knows holiday mm-hmm. thing. Then I invite those alumni like, okay, they can sing the partner song of snowflakes falling all over town. Right. Yeah. And that's a special thing for yeah. them to do. And when we were at the Colorado Children's Chorale concert the other night, they always do this thing on the holiday concert when they do their Colorado Christmas song is they mm-hmm. invite all the alumni to stand up, to stand up and move and to the sing, aisles you and can move to the aisle. Yeah, and it's so really you sweet. have these parents and then, you know, just former Colorado Children's Chorale singers stand up and move to the aisles and, and sing. And it's really moving because it's a lovely song. And my friend Christy, whose daughter is now singing in the chorale, she's an alumni. Yeah. And she was talking about how how teary it was making Aww. her and how special it was. Bring and... it back all the special memories. Yeah. So all of these things really do build tradition and also build community. Yeah. Yeah. I did a, a choral piece um, in with my elementary choir, I believe, 
It might have been the birch tree, the Mary Getsy arrangement of the oh. birch tree, which is a really lovely arrangement, and it has a flute part in it. And so I had a former student come back and play the flute part. Right. And it was exactly. just really exciting for her, and then her parents came to the concert, and that was really fun. But then it was really exciting for my current students when I explained that she was in the choir, and yes. now, look, she's in high school, and she's playing the flute in the band, and it was just a really lovely little thing. Right. Well, and then a, a tradition that happens in my area is that the high school will come and perform for the elementary school. Yeah. And so this is a program builder for them. Sure. To get kids excited about being in music in high school. Yeah. But it's also just this way for, um, you know, the both sets of kids to get really excited. Like the older kids love to come back and see their elementary school um, and, of course, the choir director or the band director, whoever's performing, says, okay, if you went to this elementary school, stand up for us. Yeah. And, and something that surprised me years ago, you know, the first time that I was a part of this happening, is that the kids who were from my elementary school, they wanted to stick around to sing the school song Aww. that we sing at the assembly, like at the end. Yeah. And our school song, it was written by sixth graders when yeah. the school opened. The lyrics are Written by sixth graders. Sure. Which is pretty much all I'm going to say. Yeah. I mean, we sing them. <laughs> no more we learn them. Said. I'm not changing them because it needs to come from the students, right? Yeah. Uh, but it's just kind of funny that, like, okay, here's this kind of, you know, um, just song that not many people would, would opt to, like, woohoo, let's sing this song. But it's just that idea of hey this is my elementary school this is my alma mater yeah and i'm gonna join in this it's like the fight song from your college or whatever sure i guess because i don't know my fight song from my college i don't know that i do either but i remember it from my high school oh you do i do i don't know if we had one from my high school well but having a school song itself is to have a school tradition exactly people keep asking me if i would help write one for our school now and i've just been kind of avoiding it but i'm thinking it would be a good thing to do to build some of those school traditions. You you know, you could write you should write the music but have it have the lyrics come from the kids. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe yeah. that's something we'll work on after the holidays. There you go. A new project. Yeah. So now let's talk a little bit about some of the bigger events that might require a little bit more prior planning, yes. forward thinking. And maybe right. these aren't things you would necessarily be able to do this year, but things you can start thinking about implementing next school year. Right. Well, and then I would say if you're coming into a new school, a new community, you want to know, well, in some places they'll tell you. Oh, well, yes, this <laughs> We is do true. this, right? Yeah. But you want to know what are the traditions that really need to be upheld that people are really attached to in the yeah. community because, you know, you can't know that unless exactly. you're told. Um, I know that some administrators will, will make sure that you know that we always have to do the Christmas caroling or right. the sing-along or whatever. Um, I've started some things in at my school that have continued, and one of them is this thing we called Amp Night or mm -hmm. Weeknight Specials is what it's also been called. Yeah. We're trying to get away from the word specials and go more right. towards amp. Yeah. I don't know if I care so much but that, that word special, it, I don't know. It, it's, it has the connotation that we're different, that yeah, we're not exactly. part of the I mean, day. it's not a hill I'm going to die on. Sure. But, yeah, I understand. So now we're calling it, like, Amp Night Special. So yeah. Amp Art Music PE. And we've done it with third grade, and I think we're doing it with third grade again this year, where we have families come 
on a weeknight, usually it's like a Tuesday, and they will show up at like 5.30 and they're encouraged to bring a sack dinner and we open up the cafeteria and they all eat together and then we hand out different colored cards to families mm-hmm. and say, okay, if you're blue, you're going to start at art. If you're red, you're going to start in music. If you're yellow, you're going to start in PE. And we rotate them through 20 minutes of our classes. And this is your chance to do not an informants because it's really just like a class like right. you might do. But this is your opportunity as a teacher to say, okay, here's what we're doing in third grade yeah. music. And now you get to experience it firsthand. And this, these are the things that we're working on. And the kids also love guiding their parents through these activities. Yeah, absolutely. So we That's did a great that. advocacy tool. Yeah, it's a really fun thing to do. And it really does build community because those parents and kids really get a kick out of what's going on. But they also get to share a meal together. Yeah. So let me ask you, if you're doing that with a particular grade, like you're saying third grade, does mm-hmm. that take the place of a performance then? You won't necessarily do a performance with third or it could go either way. It could go either way. Yeah. Not necessarily. Um, on In all honesty, last year we did that with third grade. And then at the end of the year, I did have a third grade recorder concert that was okay. paired with a choir performance. Oh, right. And I hadn't had that in a... I hadn't done a third grade recorder concert in a while. Yeah. I, hadn't done, I hadn't done a third grade concert in a little while um, because it's always been that the expectation has become that kids perform in a big performance every other year. Okay. Not every year. Yeah. My very first year at the school, I did a performance with every grade, you know, and then I was by that current administrator. She said, can we not do that? And you were like, okay. And I said, all right, that's fine. You know, Um, but I can see where if you are doing maybe the, you know, performances, every other grade level, something like this, that something like that, you could definitely, you could be a good kind of halfway point. Depending on your administration, you could say, you know what, we're going to do this in lieu of, or this takes the place of most definitely. And was it hard? Well, I know you're in a special situation where your your A of your amp is your husband. But yeah. was it hard to get them on board with that? Because it seems definitely within our wheelhouse as music teachers uh-huh. to do things for and with parents. Was it a little harder to get the PE and art teachers to have buy-in? <laughs> um, no. Not necessarily? They were no. all for it? No. My art and my PE teacher, they are really, like, they're fabulous. That's and, awesome. and they enjoy making sure that the families and parents understand the importance of what we're doing. Yeah. Um, our PE teacher, she was a fifth grade teacher at our school for years and years and years. When I started, I think she started the same year, and she's been the PE te- she's only been the PE teacher for the last, I think this is her third year. Mm-hmm. So, but that's her passion. Like, yeah. so she was a fifth grade teacher, and she's always saying, oh, I see now how things are working as a PE teacher, how it's different than a classroom teacher. And she understands the importance of, like, spreading the news that, hey, this is important stuff. Yeah. So this is a real advocacy thing for us as well. Totally. Yeah. Um... Other things I've done, I've talked about my singing. I don't know. Have I talked about my singing you games tonight? You might have night? mentioned it before. Well, anyway, if you're going to be at Oak 2019. Yes, as you should. As you should. In Columbus. Yes. I'm going to be doing a session on my singing games night. And I've been doing the singing games night um, 
boy, a lot of years. Yeah. And that's a great advocacy piece, but also a tradition. And, and this s- is first grade you do this with? Well, now I'm doing it with first grade and kindergarten. Oh, on the same night or you're going to do two? Okay. <laughs> Sorry, Let's, too many questions. Let me back up. Okay. Um, the plan was for on two different nights, I was going to do one kindergarten night yeah. this year because I haven't taught kindergarten in a few years. Right. So the reason it was always first grade is because that was the lowest grade that I taught. Now that I have kindergarten and first grade, this was the year that I was going to do, okay, kindergarten and first grade, yeah. right, on different nights. I think it was like one right after the other. Okay. And um, it's where parents come in with their student. I, I don't set out chairs. It's okay. not a performance. Right. Um, I set out a few chairs because, you know. But families come, and usually whole families come, like siblings are invited, and we do the songs and games that we've been doing in music class. Yeah. And that's my chance to go, okay, it's, it's kind of like what I was just talking about with the amp night, except for it's a lot more, it's a whole grade level. Right. And it's all me. And I have a microphone. Yeah. Um, and I'm in the gym. And I have my guitar. And, for you know, we're just, I'm just taking them through, I take them through, like, eight to ten different songs and games. Yeah. And I don't spend a lot of time, but I say, okay, we're doing this um, for our steady beat, but also we're doing the socialization piece where we have to change partners. So I make sure I talk about the musical mm-hmm. goals, but also about the social benefits yeah. to it and the cooperation that we're doing. Um, so uh, let me back up. So this year it was going to be in October – Oh, right. And then I found out about my thyroid issue, and the surgery was planned. Yeah. And the dates that had been planned last May were like four days after my surgery. Right. So, so this has been put on hold. Happen. Sure. No, of this course. is not happening. And then yeah. after talking to my principal, anyway, after all these health issues, yeah. we decided to put it off until um, after the winter break. Right. But she's still planning on doing it this year. I plan on doing year. it, but I, I got it. I got to sing. I mean, well, I, sure. I need to be able to lead yeah, in song. Yeah, to be ready. That wasn't happening. Right. So anyway, that's my singing games that's night. That's awesome. I've done something very similar, but it was a folk dancing night. There you go. And it wasn't a particular grade. I It was the whole school. Anyone was invited. And I believe, I can't remember because it was a while ago, it was either on Valentine's Day or it was right around Valentine's <gasps> oh, Day. So it was nice. kind of like in lieu of a dance where you think of a, you know, put on music on a DJ and just dance, but uh-huh. it was you know, favorite dances from around the world. Did you invite all grade levels? Yes, yeah. So it Did was pretty Did you teach packed. all grade levels everything? Yeah, so I kind wow. of, yeah, it, I kind of, you know, ordered things in a hierarchy of, like, easiest dance to hardest. And I think the hardest dance that I did was Alabama Gal. So okay. it never did really got super complicated because I wanted dances that would be quick and fun and easy and to teach. teach the parents. Yeah. And some kids knew some of the dances because they were ones that we had done in class, but mm-hmm. not all kids knew every dance. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. You know, like Alabama Gal, the fourth graders would have known that because I always do that one in fourth grade. Yeah. But anybody younger than that didn't. So, you know, it was kind of an experiment, but it went really well. The parents really, really loved it similar thing where I just had a few chairs out for you know if people needed to take a break and just have a seat but I didn't want to invite too much seating because you know if you have chairs out then they're going to think oh adults sit kids dance right um but I had some really awesome parents who had major buy-in and then they kind of encouraged the rest of the parents so I had those ringers (laughs) well you know if you're showing up and you know what you're in store for you might as well just I mean yeah 
And that was something that we did talk about keeping as a tradition year after year, but then, of course, things happen, and it didn't always... That's a lovely tradition. But, I, yeah, it's something I think I'd definitely like to get back going at my newish school that I've yeah. been at just a couple of years now. I'm just now starting to build these traditions. Right. So we're getting there, but that's one that I want to definitely start working on. That's so much fun. Yeah. Which kind of segues into, let's talk about... Um, some holiday things. Oh, yes. So it's holiday sing-alongs. I know a lot of people are talking about this this time of mm-hmm. year, doing all-school sing-alongs. This was something that was huge at my last school. I used to always do. It was a tradition where the last day before the winter break, during the holiday parties, mm-hmm. my choir would go around and sing Christmas carols in the classrooms oh, nice. while they were having their holiday parties. And that was really sweet. But then kind of two problems. One, the choir was way too big uh-huh. that we couldn't fit in the room. So one year I tried splitting us into two groups, but then of course I had to get a really awesome teacher to take, you know, the kids one place and be yeah. able to give them starting pitches. So that was a little complicated. But then also the kids were starting to get like, well, but then we're missing our holiday party. Uh, so it was really fun. I enjoyed doing that. But then I thought, well, let's try more of the sing-along route. So mm-hmm. Um, where I would have the choir students stand in front of the audience. They would sing a couple songs by themselves that they had learned during choir. Mm -hmm. And then the rest of the assembly would be words on the screen, sing along our favorite holiday tunes. And I know a lot of people do things like this similar. Um, One logistical thing that I will point out that I think has worked really well for mine is because we have to have two assemblies, because we don't all fit in the gym at once, rather than having like a K through two and then three through five, Mm -hmm. I staggered the grades. So I had one assembly be kinder, second, fourth, and this year six because I have sixth grade. And then my other assembly is first, third, fifth preschool if they can come. But the point being then that not only do I have the choir up there leading the sing-along, but I also have older kids in both assemblies then who can also help lead the singing. Because I found that if I did just a K through two then that's a lot of reading for yes. those primary oh, yes. students, and it was challenging. Yeah. So that's just one logistical thing that has worked well. Yeah, and I've done something along. similar. When I came into my school that I teach at now, that was a tradition that was set up, but it was set up with um, study buddies. Oh, yeah. So once upon a time, um, it used to be, at, at least at my school, and I'm sure at other schools, where a older grade level would buddy up with a younger class. So like say a fifth grade class would buddy up with like a second grade class. And you, then the students were assigned specific study buddies and throughout the year they would do some things together from time to time. Well, as um, assessments and all of these other things started revving up, study buddies have kind of gone by the wayside. But when I do my sing along, I don't do like a big, huge mass thing. Um, I do study buddy sets. Okay. So I put them together. Okay. Or I ask the teachers if they want to choose to yeah. be together. Yeah. And so I don't, I do a holiday winter sing along at the end, but it's the last three days uh-uh. before we get out because I do it like eight times. Oh, wow. So I'm repeating it eight times. Okay. That's fine. Um, and I do it in the music room. Oh, okay. Mostly, be, well, there's lots of reasons. I don't want to take away the gym. Yeah. I can't um, I can't set up an assembly and still make the teachers happy with their planning times. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and if we had, if I had like more than two classes in there, I would want like another adult hanging around. Yeah. 
and I can't, you know, I feel weird about asking the classroom teachers, like, here's an assembly. It takes the place of your planning time. Right. And please stick around. Yeah, you have to be there. So I do just a um, sign of genius. And I say, okay, here are the times for the sing-along. I can take two classes. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other thing that I noticed, because I did do it in mass, like my first year, is the kids were getting really yelly. Yeah, you do have to be careful. And that that. was not, that was making me sad. Yeah. Um, So you either really have to make sure you you train them up really well, Mm -hmm. or um, just a smaller number, they don't get... They don't yell. They yeah, sing. That is true. Yeah. Um. I for me, yeah, I agree. But then having because I keep my choir up in front the whole time, mm-hmm. and that they're singing really nice, strong melodies. Usually that does help. That's with great. That. But yeah. yeah, I agree. You have to be careful. About and for that. them to have that leadership role is really nice yeah, too. Yeah. Exactly. And it's a good recruitment for choir then, because then the kids think, oh, look at that. This is something special the choir gets to do. And then whether I'm having a choir in the spring semester after the holiday break or not, or the following year it kind of helps them remember that the choir's something fun to do exactly and they can join so i wanted to mention when we're talking about choir a tradition that i started with my principals urging um it was really her idea and and genesis from her is a community um our in, in our district our district is very large yeah and like Carrie, your school is in a different articulation area than my school. Right. So my school is one of five elementary schools that feed into two middle schools that feed into one high school. Right. And we have, what, 95 elementary schools in the district? Yeah. Yeah. A lot. So, and then I think we have like 12 different articulation areas, something something like like that. that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So in my articulation area, we are doing a community caroling event where... Um, there's, there's an afternoon, I think it's like two days before we get out for winter break, where um, my elementary choir will gather, we'll get our caroling books, and we are going to walk to the middle school. It's within walking distance. Yeah. On the way, we're going to stop at three houses of choir members. Okay. Um, so we know people are going to be home. I yes. arranged this ahead of time. And so we carol for real. Like yeah. The real deal. Yeah. And we stand on, you know, outside on the front steps and ring the doorbell, and then we sing to whoever answers the door. We sing two or three songs, and then we move it along, and we go to the next house. And so we do this on the way to the middle school. And at the middle school, the middle schoolers are there, and um, last year they set out uh, cookies and milk, and we had that brought in by the parents, Mm -hmm. and they were waiting for us. And then the high school kids come over, too. And then kids from the other elementary schools come in. They've been doing the same thing. And then we sing all together a few songs. Yeah. And so it's just a um, articulation area community caroling event. Yeah. So that was something that we did last year. And um, it was really successful. And the parents, the families just loved it. And there was actually a, a nice video made that I will um, put up. I think I'll put it up on the Monday after this podcast drops. Yeah. I'll put. I'll see if I can put it up on Instagram. Well, the Instagram is. It doesn't like you putting things longer than oh I don't know a minute. That's true. You might just have to link to it. I might have from to link to Instagram. it. Yeah. Anyway, it's on YouTube, and the guy who did the the filming and the editing did a really nice job. Oh, cool. Um, but anyway, so it yeah. was just a really nice, heartwarming end of the year thing to do with community. Yeah. 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 
Well, and that segues well into talking about having your choir or perhaps a grade level um, be a part of any festivals or any community events that are going on you yeah. know, around you. I know sometimes when I get, you know, that email from, you know, whatever random things going on, can you bring your choir here? Can you bring your choir there? Sometimes my, my gut reaction is, oh, another thing. I mean, yeah. I'll be honest. Like sometimes I'm just, it just sounds like more to plan. But every time if I say yes and we go, I'm always happy that we did to get my kids out performing in the community it, it makes us visible to the community yeah it's such a great opportunity for them to be performing somewhere so like last uh podcast i talked i think in the high notes about my choir performing at this um fundraiser gala dinner that just happened mm-hmm. and i mean they're still talking about that the choir Aww. how it was so exciting to be able to go out and perform for people they didn't know you know it's it's not the same as just performing for your parents no when you're out performing for the world it's really yes. nice yeah, my choir last Sunday sang at a, a, a nursery, a, a plant nursery, where they were selling Christmas trees and poinsettias and all of that. Yeah. And um, and it was, they just loved it. Right. And they had so much fun. And I'll be honest, it was not, I'm not like particularly proud of the performance, mostly because at the last minute we were asked to sing outside right by the very busy street. Right. And the kids couldn't yeah. hear. Sometimes the uh, performance opportunities yes. are not quite what and, we want them to be. you know, to be. honestly, once upon a time, that would have really stressed me out, and I would have been just really, just, I don't know, giving myself a hard time about, like, why didn't I just, we sing inside, and, boy, they just didn't, you know, we could have done better, and they were not, they, they kind of lost it because they were distracted by the trucks rolling by. <laughs> right. But, you know what? <laughs> Everybody was just pleased yeah. and thrilled, and that's what it's about. Totally. Right. So. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a holiday thing. No, I mean, it does not we have can to be talk about, things. you know, like last year we had kids who were dancing and performing. We had a school, Cinco de Mayo Festival at right. high school. So, you know, there's, there's spring carnivals and festivals you can look for kids to perform at, patriotic events, you know, yes. Veterans Day things, Memorial Day things. Right. And again, it doesn't have to be a choir. Maybe it's a particular grade level that you want to go yeah, and perform for a certain thing. Yeah, exactly. So lots of ways that you can build the community, build traditions. And we should put that out there on our Facebook page and say, what are some of the things yeah. that you have done to yeah, build community? Yeah, just kind of helping some brainstorming things. Um, one other thing we should mention, too, is um, special field trip opportunities. So I mentioned earlier, like my fifth graders going to the ballet. That's something that I guess at my school, and I didn't know this till I got there, but they do that every year. And mm-hmm. then you take your students to the symphony every yeah, year, Yeah, they right? go to the youth concerts at the Colorado Symphony Orchestra that are just so well done every yeah. year. And that when I had sixth graders, it was fifth graders and sixth graders right. that would go. Yeah. Now I'm bringing fifth graders. Right. Yeah. And at my last school, every year I always brought fifth grade as well, which was the top grade at the school. And it, well, the kids got excited for it. They knew it was coming because, like you said, their siblings got to go. So even I, I would have second graders and third graders say, I can't wait till I'm a fifth grader and Aww. I get to go to the symphony. You yeah. know, they get excited about those things. Yeah. So if you're doing those similar kind of field trips year after year in a particular grade, you know, not only is it good for that grade because it's what they need educationally, but it also brings those traditions alive, too. Exactly.
And now it's time for our Work Smarter, Not Harder teacher tip. Carrie, you're up for this one. All right. Yeah. So you know how sometimes, and you know, it's probably few and far between for me, but you, sometimes you, you get through your lesson and you have a couple extra minutes left. Uh-huh. Most of the time for me, I'm not getting through my lessons yeah. because I always over plan as, you know, one should. That's generally yeah. a good tip. But there are times where I get through the whole thing and I have a few extra minutes and I, I often will want to grab a picture book at that time. I have lots of picture books in my classroom. Some are about specific songs. Some are just thematic. Some are just totally for fun. And sometimes I'm like rifling through my shelf at the last minute trying to find that one picture book that would be great because, hey, it's the holidays and I really should grab that one Feliz Navidad or whatever. So I finally kind of got it together recently. And I have this lovely little basket that I keep right by my reading nook chair. I have this lovely little chair in my room that I call it the cozy corner. Mm-hmm. It's where we go to read books. And so I change them out every month. So nice. right now... Now, in December, I've got all of my holiday, you know, Christmas, Hanukkah, specifically holiday-themed books. So you've been changing them out. I've changed them out. You're awesome. And then when we come back in January, they're going to be more the winter things, like Snowmen at Night and the Owl Moon and, you know, some of those winter-themed things. Or it could be based on, you know, what we're doing curriculum-wise. So And we're going to talk about this when we come back in January, but I do my big Instruments of the Orchestra unit every year in January. That's one of my traditions, actually. So I'll also put in all of my instrument picture books in there. Awesome. So it's just a really great spot where I've got them right there, ready to go. So if I have a few extra minutes, no matter what grade. Plus, that's also good for stations. If you're doing stations, mm-hmm. then you've got automatically a, a book station that's ready to go. Right. That's themed to what you're doing in your classroom. Exactly. That's great. Yeah. our CODA section where we each give a personal or professional recommendation or something that maybe spans over both. Oh, yes. So Tanya's going to go first. Okay. Um, uh, I've got a Snoopy recommendation. (laughs) I recommend Snoopy. Um, Yeah. So, you know, I don't really, I'm not, can I just be frank? I mean, be honest. Yes. I, I don't want to lose listeners or, or get, you know, people I know upset. it's coming, but just coming? go for it. Yes. I'm not, I'm not a Disney person. <gasps> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, okay. I've seen Disney movies. I appreciate, I've even been, I've been to Disneyland. Yeah. I have. Oh yeah. I've, I've thrown money Disney's way like everybody has. You can't not. It's, it's in our culture. Yeah. It's in our culture. They've bought up so many franchises that you can't avoid Disney. Yeah. But really, I, I mean, what I mean by not being a Disney person is that um, I, I don't collect the Disney things. And, you know, I I understand why people do it. It's just, it's, it's not It's not me. your thing. It's not my thing. I'm not really a collector, generally, of things. Of things yeah. And I'm not really a collector of uh, cute, cute things. The character cute things. things. The character yeah. things, the cute things. With one exception. <laughs> Well, there you go. <laughs> Which is the peanuts. I'm a peanuts person. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. 
Disney probably owns peanuts by the <laughs> end of this podcast. Do. That's true. You know, who knows? Next few days, we'll hear all about it. But growing up, my um, my dad would read to me like the Snoopy, not just the Snoopy comics, but he would read. He would. Uh, we would get those, um, you know, paper. Do you know of the paper comic like newspapers? New- what are we no, speaking no, no. of here? No, not and they're not comic books, but like like paperbacks that would just have Snoopy. Oh, com- okay. Yeah. And Peanuts comics in it, okay. right? And then later on, ooh, I could definitely link to this. Um, not just a few years ago, well, I guess now it's been a, a, a bunch of years ago, they started putting out in these beautiful hardback editions all of the Peanuts comics in order. Oh. And they have these lovely forewords by, written by people like Elvis Costello, who's like, you know, I'm a huge fan of. Yeah. Or Garrison Keillor wrote one of the forewords. Or, okay. you know, Ira Glass or whatever. I, I'm not sure about Ira Glass. i got to check on that. <laughs> might be I might making things no, up No, I think that's in there. But anyway, but now there's like, lo- they, they've done them all now, right? Cool. And they were coming out once a year. So my husband was buying me the volumes for our anniversary Aww. as they were coming out because um, I'm just I'm a Peanuts person yeah. and I love Snoopy. You love your Snoopy. And I know all of the plot lines through all of the Peanuts things because as a kid, this is what my dad would read to me all the time. And I often had insomnia, and so my dad would read me all these, you know, Peanuts and yeah. and Charlie Brown comic strips. So anyway making a long story really long boy there's going to be so many freaky links in these show notes oh, to yeah. all the peanuts things but the hardback back books are just beautiful yeah well done and the indexes in them are so fantastic like you can look up beethoven yeah and you know schroeder is a big beethoven sure. fan and so it'll list in that particular volume of the spanning of those two years it will tell you all of the page numbers where Beethoven is mentioned. Oh, that's So you fun. can go through, like I have done, and like copy all of the Beethoven things and put your own collage of Beethoven yeah. stuff up for your Composer of the Month thing. Oh, fun. Um, or whatever. Like look up a subject, like the little redhead girl that Charlie Brown has a crush on. And you right. can see all the mentions of the little redhead girl. Yeah. So whoever did the indexes, like did a fantastic job. These are really like scholarly, th- scholarly things. Anyway. But I have some Snoopies that are um, that come to live in the music room at certain times of the year. So yeah. I have a Halloween. Actually, now I have two Halloween Snoopies oh. because um, a couple of students, brother and sister, gave me another Halloween Snoopy that they found. And it's they stand on my piano and you press the little paw. And this one, does, there's one Halloween Snoopy that does it in the Hall of the Mountain King. And he's dressed up, Snoopy is dressed up like a little mummy. And he does a little mummy walk to the theme of In the Hall of the Mountain King. Oh, fun. And then the other one, the other Halloween Snoopy, um, Snoopy is dressed up like a spider. Okay. And it plays a minor, in a minor key, the Itsy Bitsy Spider. Oh, fun. So it's like spooky Itsy Bitsy Spider. Yeah. And um, so a couple kids gave me that. Nice. Um, And then now I have three Christmas Snoopies. Yeah. One that is Snoopy skating, and it plays the song Skating. Yeah. And he twirls around on his little pedestal thing. Uh Uh-huh. I have another one where Snoopy is ringing bells, like hand chimes. Yeah. And he plays, depending on, you know, what, what order it comes in, Deck the Halls. And then he'll play Joy to the World. And then he'll play uh, We Wish You Merry Christmas. Wow. Right. And then I have another Snoopy who is skating. And you said his little, he's got snowshoes on. Oh, yeah. They look like flip-flops. Yeah, you thought they looked like flip-flops. <laughs> 
and I'm trying to remember what I think. I think that just might be playing the Linus and Lucy theme. I okay. can't remember. Anyway, so I bring these Snoopies out, and this is a tradition in my music room. And the kids who are like in you know, older grades, once they saw the Halloween Snoopies surfacing, they were like, "Ooh!" And when does the Christmas bell ringing Snoopy come? Oh, out? they were. Oh, and when, so like over the next few weeks, I'll be like adding my Snoopies to the piano. Cute. Yeah. So this so is. Where do you tend to find these Snoopies? Are these like Hallmark things, or I found them at Hallmark. Yeah. There have been a couple that came from Walgreens of all places. Oh yeah. Yeah. I can see that. So, and I'm sure you can find them on Amazon because everything's on Amazon. Yes. Well, you know what? I couldn't. I've, oh. I've looked and I have not found, but maybe I haven't dug deep. Okay. Yeah. So, in the Snoopy obsession, the really funny thing is, continue. I'm, I'm not really a big fan of dogs in general. Right. I'm Just a cat Snoopy. person. Well, Snoopy doesn't really act like a dog. That's kind yeah, of his charm. That is his charm. <laughs> he's, he's a beagle. He's not just a dog. He's yeah. a beagle. So, yeah. anyway. That's my kooky thing. I'll put some pictures up. Yeah. I'll, I'll gram them. I love it. Gram them. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's hip. Yeah. Snoopy is hip. All right. Oh, what is your recommendation? Oh. After my long-winded Peanuts obsession, well, what is your Mine thing? is not nearly as exciting. Mine is much more practical. That's great. But this is kind of like a public service announcement, everybody. There is a decent version of The Nutcracker on Netflix. <gasps> Really? I have been hoping and praying this would happen like, for many, many a year. Wait a minute. Is it on ice? No. It's the ballet. <laughs> so this was the movie that came out. Let me see. I have it in front of me, but I don't see a year. Oh, 1993. And Kevin Klein narrates it. But it's not narrated throughout, just in, like, the beginnings of scenes. And it's the with the New York Ballet. Wow. And so it's an actual ballet, traditional, not some kooky, crazy, made-up storyline. No offense to that new Nutcracker. I was going to say, theaters, are you slamming that, the one in theaters well, right now? Well, maybe slightly. I haven't seen it, but no, it kind of creeps me out. Yeah, I'm not really interested. No, but, I mean, if you want just a good, classic Nutcracker to show your kids. Now, one caveat uh -huh. <laughs> is that the Nutcracker Prince is actually Macaulay Culkin. So this is like really? Home Alone era. So it's he's really young, as is Clara. I but did maybe, not know he danced. Well, he doesn't. That's the point. <laughs> so, I mean, there are some awkward... And I, I will be honest, I haven't watched it the whole way through. Wow. I've only seen snippets so far. But if you're looking for... I mean, I do plan on showing this to kids, you know, throughout December if I need a movie day or they need a movie day or if I earned a movie day, whatever. I kind of stumbled upon it by accident because today I had to stay home with my son who was sick. Right. So I was looking last minute for movies that a sub could show, and then I ended up not getting a sub anyways. But anyways, long story short, there is a wonderful-ish ver version so, of Macaulay the Culkin. I'm still just, I my know. head is reeling over the Macaulay Culkin bit. Yeah. Does that mean like one of the girls from Full House is Clara? No, not that I think she is a real <laughs> answer. I think it's like, you know, they needed some sort of star power at, at this time. And like I said, this Kevin is Klein's like, not going to do it for you? Well, but he's just narrating. Okay. So, um, but no, he, I don't think he really dances. I think he just kind of walks around. I'm okay. not sure because I haven't watched the whole thing from okay. beginning to end. Maybe I should before I'm recommending it. But I just got really excited. So I wanted to share the news with everyone that if you're able to stream Netflix in your classroom, luckily I can. Um, I know not everybody can. But if you can stream Netflix and you're looking for just a classic Nutcracker where they actually dance, most of them. <laughs> There's one out there That's for awesome. you. Great. And it's rated G, so it's safe. That's good. Yes.
We've reached the double bar line. Thank you for listening to Music Teacher Coffee Talk. Show notes can be found at Teaching Music, Tanya's Kodai Aspiring blog. You can connect with us on Facebook or Instagram. Just look for Music Teacher Coffee Talk. If you enjoyed this show, please consider subscribing, rating, and leaving us a review on iTunes to help other people find this podcast. And in our next episode, we'll be reflecting on our Music Teacher Coffee Talk podcast year in review. We'll talk about some of the things that we've learned, some of the things that uh, have just been happening at the end here of our first year of the podcast. And so until next time, this is Carrie. And this is Tanya wishing you happy musicking.